Welcome to another exciting and elucidating episode of the OmniTalk Ask an Expert series. I'm your host, Chris Walton. And I'm Ann Mazenga. And we are the founders of OmniTalk, the fast-growing retail blog that is all about the companies, the technologies, and the people that are coming together to shape the future of retail. Or as we like to say, Ann, at OmniTalk, the blog that focuses on tomorrow's companies today. Yes, we do. (laughs) Oh, every day, any chance we get, Ann. And joining us today is an executive from a company that needs no introduction and one that absolutely meets the standard of that intro in our collective opinion. And I am talking about Meta. So I am pleased to introduce Meta's VP of its commerce business, Emma Rogers. Emma, how are you today? I am great. Uh, Thank you, Chris. Thank you, Anne. It's great to see you. Exciting to be here. Yeah, I'm pumped too. I put on my smart glasses, Emma. I got new glasses. I don't usually wear my glasses for podcasts and videos yeah, and webinars. But... Smart glasses too. Yeah, but yeah. I, I'm trying to show, you know, got to gotta amp up the game with you on the show today. So, um, all right. Well, well before we get started, um, I do want to make just one announcement for those watching us live on LinkedIn, watching the early release of this interview live on LinkedIn with us right now. If as we go along, you have questions for Emma, please feel free to enter them in the chat session window to the right side of your screen. Emma's here to answer your questions as we go along. If you like asking Anne and me a question too, go ahead. Probably won't, but hey, the option's there (laughs) should you want to take it. But Emma is here and ready and willing to answer any and all of your questions that come your are come her way. So Anne, I think we should get started. What do you think? Let's do it. Now, Emma, you have been at Meta for a long time, we were, when we met you for the first time, you were telling us like your, your tenure there has been longer than most people there and you've seen so, so much. So I want to have you tell us a little bit about what your roles and responsibilities are in your job now. Yeah, definitely. Um, thanks, Anne. Yeah, once again, really excited to be here today. And I'm Emma, I lead our commerce business product marketing teams. And yeah, I've been at the company for some time. I've been at Meta for a little over 10 years. Whoa. And, and uh, during that time, I've had a chance to work on a pretty wide array of parts of the business um, from the early stages of helping to build out our ads business. And then in 2020, I really jumped at a chance to join our commerce business leadership team. And in the commerce business, you know, ultimately our mission is to connect people and businesses through commerce. And when you look at what our team is responsible for, we really sit at the intersection of product development and go-to-market. And so as part of that, you know, my team and I get to really lean in on one of the most kind of exciting and game-changing areas, which is commerce. And we drive the go-to-market strategy and we help shape the vision for the products that we're building to really help businesses and brands grow and deliver a better experience for people on our platform. And you guys are working with like, it's not, I think it's important to call out like that. You're not just building this with large enterprise businesses using Facebook. This is also for like small to medium sized businesses as well. Right, Emma? Yeah, that's absolutely right. Yeah. The vision is to help, you know, businesses of any size and creators um, really bringing them tools to help their, their businesses grow. That's a, that's a great point, Anne, because Emma, I was going to ask you too, like, so basically it's like anything in and around commerce that can be conducted or help be conducted through fa- through Meta or Facebook or Instagram or whatever, right? Is that, that's the right way to think about it? 
Yeah, that's right. And like really the way we think about it is, you know, what we're doing in commerce is an extension. We've been in the business of commerce for many years as a company. You know, we have, um, you know, advertising tools to help businesses uh, reach their customers and drive sales. And we're increasingly investing kind of new formats and new ways for for them to do that um, and, and really deliver delightful shopping experiences to people. Right. Okay. Well, that's great. That's a good segue too. That nice. That's a great setup, by the way. You're natural at this already. But, uh, <laughs> you know, for this interview, we intentionally called it how Meta envisions the future of commerce, you know, to your point that you were just making. So, you know, because you guys are at the forefront of so much that's happening technologically in terms of how commerce is getting conducted. So I want to start with this, then my first question for you is, how have you seen social commerce and shopping behaviors in general evolve or shift, say, over the last few years? Maybe, maybe as a result of the pandemic, maybe not as a result of the pandemic. However you want to couch that, I'm curious what your perception is of, of uh, or the answers to that question. Yeah, for sure. Um, I mean, I think you guys know this um, deeply as well, but, you know, the world of shopping has evolved uh, really meaningfully um, over the past few years. And social really brings kind of a huge new wave of kind of implications and opportunities for both for people and for brands. Um, so. Okay. We deeply know this. The store was the focus for buyers and shoppers for so many years. And then with the rise of the internet, that led to a shift to online shopping and retailers investing in websites. And also during that era, we know we saw a really exciting opportunity where anyone was empowered, kind of sell beyond their local community with the rise of marketplaces and digital payments. And then with mobile, um, we see consumers really beginning to shop anywhere and anytime directly from their phone. And so with social, you know, we, we really are enabling kind of new behaviors um, for consumers and authentic connections between people and brands and creators and entertainment and bringing entertainment into the center of the shopping experience, which is exciting. Um, and when you look at you know, what is driving that shift, there's really two things. One is where people are spending their time. Mm. And in social apps, just really changing that path to purchase, the marketing funnel is collapsing and creating a lot of opportunities and new ways for people and brands to connect and meet. I think what we saw, you know, for a long time, digital and e-commerce really approached shopping um, as functional, grounding right. people kind of searching for something that they knew they wanted, but what it right. didn't account for is inspiration and really the inspiration and fun of discovery. Um, and ultimately people do want to discover new products and new brands. And that's a phenomenon we call at Meta discovery commerce. And the idea that people are no longer kind of going shopping, but they're always shopping. Um, and no matter where they are, shopping's gone from creating a destination where people go to an always on journey. And social has driven a lot of that evolution. Um, and in a lot of ways, social commerce is already here. You know, right. if you look at kind of the stats, uh, it's forecasted to be a trillion dollar opportunity by 2025. And once again, kind of two things driving that. One is just changes in where and how people shop and how they discover. And then the other one is really commerce and content and entertainment are really converging. Mm -hmm. So increasingly, content is the door to your store. Um, and that's been really fun and exciting to be a part of. Yeah, so I want to ask you about that too, because you said something, and this reminds, reminds me of, I got to hear... Eva Press from your organization at Shop Talk, and, and she was talking about a lot, a number of, uh, just talking about similar points, but I want to make sure we bring it home for the audience too. You, you talked about the funnel shrinking, uh, yep. you know, being more of a search-based thing. And 
and you know now going to more the act of discovery which is inspirational for people and i think we and i would 100 percent agree with that but the other point that she mentioned that i didn't get a chance to ask her that i want to get your thoughts on here is she also said that that the that the commerce experiences online or digitally have become quote unquote more portable and also more dimensional than ever before i thought that was really interesting and i'd love for you to unwrap what those two words mean within the context of everything you just said. So yeah, maybe we can kind of unpack that. I guess, you know, more portable, what's really on my mind there is once again, this notion of, you know, shopping not being something that people are kind of intentionally going to do in a moment, um, but it's, mm-hmm. instead, it's something that can happen at any moment in time. Your phone mm-hmm. is with you everywhere. Um, and um, more dimensional, you know, I think the way I think about that is, um, you know, with, the evolution of technology in more immersive formats, you really do have the opportunity to kind of bring in some of that magic of shopping in person onto mobile, whether that's with AR or with live video, but that experience is really rich and kind of multi-dimensional um, in a way that it hasn't been historically. Right, like it's literally dimensional, right? Really? I mean, that's literally what we're talking about when you get into AR overlays and that's right. VR, and we'll get into that later for those that are probably already chomping at the bit for us to get into the metaverse conversation. <laughs> yeah, and that's exactly. Like as we look at the metaverse, I mean, that just grows over time. Um, so yeah, that's that's how I think about those two words in the context of you know, social commerce. Yeah, it's important, and it's an important overlay in terms of discovery commerce and what that means. Like mm-hmm. I think those two words were really those are the two most important words I pulled out from that conversation listening to that shop class. So thanks for thanks for going through that with me. I appreciate that. Yeah, especially when you talk about entertainment, Emma, I think that's the that's the big shift here is that we're now talking about like the entertainment, the content being the first part of this or kind of the gateway into the the shopping experience. What what does that mean then for retailers and brands, Emma? Like how how are they supposed to be thinking about creating, you know, they're so used to creating, here's a storefront, here's an e-commerce site, here's how I'm selling on Facebook, but how should they be thinking about discovery commerce as a whole? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a couple of things. So, you know, while a lot has changed and evolved and will continue to evolve, there's frankly like one constant, which is important for, for brands, which is just being where your consumers are. Um, so that's, that's a constant that, that continues to main, remain true. It's just where consumers are is, is continuing to evolve. Um, and what is increasingly important for brands is reaching customers across all of the channels where they're spending their time and, and distributing mm-hmm. commerce mm-hmm. and is going to be core to how retailers and brands need to and do operate. Um, but ultimately, and that, and that to your point, is going to just increase even more um, with the metaverse over time. And, but ultimately, you know, it shouldn't really matter kind of what the channel or the format is really making that moment in which you engage with a customer shoppable is incredibly important. Um, and as shopping and kind of content and commerce and content converge, I think there's a couple of things for, for brands to keep in mind. Yes, First, yeah. like we know discovery's changed. So the yeah. way consumers discover new products and brands has changed. Like they're increasingly looking to you kind know, of trusted communities and creators play an incredibly important role and influencing kind of and driving discovery. Um, another thing that's changed is a format, you know, the rise of video and, you know, something we're really excited about is live shopping. And, and but once again, the magic and the dimension that video can bring to shopping. Um, right. Things like short form reels on our platform, we're investing a lot there to enable businesses to make that content shoppable because that's how consumers are 
consuming content today. Um, and then ultimately, you know, there's just a lot of new ways that brands have to, to drive confidence in the purchase. Okay. Um, like, for example, once again, video and reels and bringing that product to life and enabling consideration um, through new immersive formats is something that will be really important in addition to streamlining the bottom of the funnel um, and making that one, one, one click checkout really streamlined. Yeah, that's the important point for me. And I don't, I don't know how you think about this too, and Emma, but like th there are points about discovery, I think are so well-founded. And I think that's what sometimes people in the conversations that we're having, I think sometimes miss is that the role of discovery has completely moved online in a lot of ways outside of the physical store, mm -hmm. right? And we'll get into the metaverse again too, but the, the metaverse is inherently a social experience, the social joy of shopping beyond the world, either on your own or in another world, in this case, as we're about to, to talk about. But that's really where discovery is happening. And the convenience element then of the physical world takes on almost more of a dimension than it ever has before, which is what I think we've seen with the pandemic, right? Like stores have reasserted their importance, not for discovery, but actually for the convenience of them. Totally, right. Which is a big unlock for us all to think about because it definitely changes the way you position your brand, you know, across, you know, all of these different channels. Totally. Um, so Emma, you mentioned live shopping. Let's click into that. So, yeah. you know, where is that now? Where does it go next? How should brands be thinking of that um, in your mind? Yeah, yeah. So, and I, I love talking about live shopping. I think it's, you know, one of the more exciting areas that we're investing in. Um, but so does Anne. Anne loves it. Yes. It's her favorite time. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, you know, we're really in early stages. You know, we see in, in other markets, you know, outside of the U.S., um, a real proliferation um, of live shopping, for example, in, in Asia. Um, and I think we're in, in early stages um, in, in the U.S. today. For us, you know, we, what the way we think about live shopping is it really is about kind of putting people back into the center of commerce um, mm. and enabling, kind of bringing that magic of social and shopping together. And what we're seeing is, you know, brands who are most effectively able to use that format are doing a couple of things. You know, one is like really investing in and bringing to life an authentic host, a host who mm -hmm. can kind of engage and bring authenticity um, to that story. Um, and then also, and this, this likely sounds um, pretty familiar and like table stakes, but we're also seeing brands who are bringing to live shopping a really clear call to action whether that's introducing kind of a new product or introducing an exclusive price point or an exclusive promotion. But there's both the combination of kind of engaging entertainment in the context of a, an authentic host who can really bring the brand to life in addition to a really clear call to action for the consumer. And both of, both of those things are really important. Right, yeah, there's, there's almost an element of that. It's funny as we're having getting into this conversation together, like I feel like there's almost that element of like, I call it attachment for the lack of a better way to describe it, that, that, that those things you do inside a physical store to get confidence in the purchase, live streaming is almost supplanting that or supplementing that in a lot of ways based on how you described it. You got the authority of, of the live streamer, the authenticity of the live streamer, giving people comments like, hey, it's okay that you can buy this now. I'm kind of standing behind it. I'm asking your questions as I go along. Is that the right way to think about it? That's how these lines are blurring, right? For the most part. Yeah, and there's also something about the format which that is unique, which enables a an emotional connection as well. You know, you know, mm -hmm. one of my kind of favorite live streams is from a brand called Zox, um, where the founder of Zox 
produces these amazing live streams and can speak authentically to the mission behind the company and the products. Um, and I think that really connects well with, with the consumer. And Emma, when we're, we're talking about these, these shoppable moments that are happening within these live streams, you're talking about authenticity, making sure that you have a host that's engaging, just as though you would, you know, in a physical store where you have somebody that's greeting the customer, that's giving them these insights into maybe when promotions are coming or a specific reason or how many of these items are left. Like this is the last one on the floor. You should take this home with you. Um, I, I wonder you know, how you feel like brands, if, the, if there's any other advice you might have, I guess, for brands to really create that connection um, and maybe how Meta like fits into all of that or how they can kind of coordinate their efforts to really show up in the right places and provide those right shoppable moments for their consumers. Yeah. And I think maybe zooming out from, from live shopping a little bit, you know, something that yeah. we do kind of across our apps um, is really make all the content shoppable. Um, and shops is really one foundation that we're, we're building on to make that happen. So shops, shops make it simple. You can set up a digital storefront and then with a shop, you can then use our organic and advertising distribution tools to reach your customers um, and also reach new customers. Um, what we're seeing is about 50% of Facebook and 65% of Instagram shops visits come from non-followers. This is a great opportunity to be reaching, reaching folks who are not your customers or your followers today. Right. So in terms of like, you know, guidance for brands and, and things that they can do kind of across our portfolio, number one, it's, you know, set up that storefront um, and then engage with your consumers using product tagging and have those shoppable posts. And we're increasing look at, increasingly looking at making more, more formats shoppable. You know, we saw consumers engaging in that short form kind of snackable reels and stories content. And we had a product yeah. tag for those. Um, and so leveraging those product tags to enable people to really interact with and discover your products. Um, yeah. Emma, I mean, that was, that was a, a key theme, I think, uh, coming out of shop talk a couple of weeks ago was, you know, just getting it out there and trying it and maybe speak a little bit about how like it, it does seem somewhat simple to, to be able to go out there and, and pilot this and try putting tags on products and that kind of thing. Is it really that simple or I mean, what does it look like for a retailer or brand who hasn't done this yet? Yeah, you know, it is, it is pretty simple and you can set up a shop that either has checkout enabled um, or a shop that is not checkout enabled. And from there, um, really what we're building is a suite of tools. Um, so once again, you, you are already publishing content um, and connecting with your consumers uh, today on Instagram or Facebook. And so make that content shoppable by adding product tags. Um, right. And you know, new formats that we have like drops, which do require a checkout enabled shop or live, that's where kind of more experimentation is really needed by the brand in terms of what type of content um, is really gonna resonate. For drops, the way to think about that is that's a way to introduce a net new line or an exclusive product introduction. Um, and, and that takes some experimentation in terms of what types of products and what types of content is gonna re resonate with your audience on the platform. But getting started with the shop and, and beginning to build shoppable content is frankly just layering onto existing activity um, that's that right. you're already doing on right. Facebook. And I think allowing a way to kind of delineate the what you're doing for your followers that you mentioned 
and for the people who are new to the brand, who are just in the discovery phase, you're kind of giving, you're able to give two separate experiences, but both allow for this discovery commerce to happen um, in the the meta universe. I, I heard Benji on stage too from meta who was talking about just what you said, you know, that over, like, I think it was 50% of the time, like the people that are buying stuff from you don't even follow the brand. Like they, right. this is their first time on Instagram seeing it. They found the, the like image of a product in their feed and now they're, they're following you. They're, they're having this experience with you for the very first time. So it's, it's really cool that you can kind of have all of those things testing and happening on the same time on the same platform, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And really our vision is that we make that as simple as possible. For businesses. Yeah, right. that data that data point seems like proof point number one for the whole idea of discovery commerce. You know, like right. like holy cow, I'm discovering things that I'm not following, right? That's 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 inherently what we're we're talking about here. Um, but Emma, okay, I gotta shift gears a little bit and I have to ask you the question, which if I don't ask it, I think I lose my editorial, you know, pundit card or whatever it is that I'm trying to say. But um <laughs> You know, the one question that's always on, on top of everyone's mind, and every time I get done talking about the future of retail and to up on stage or, you know, a conference or whatever, there's always somebody in the background that's asking the question about data. So, you know, data and data privacy. So how, how are you guys thinking about data privacy, particularly within the context of discovery commerce and what you've been talking about? Yeah, yeah, thanks for asking. It's, it's really important. Um, and, and frankly, the way we think about it is really just anchored in consumers and consumers needs. Um, so ultimately, people's privacy is critical and foundational uh, for everything that we do. And so we are continuously kind of evolving and adapting our systems to, to really honor kind of people's privacies and their choice, um, and while also helping businesses reach their customers effectively. And so there's a couple of things that are top of mind for us. One aspiration we have is, is to provide people with the, the most relevant and engaging experience for them. And one of the ways that we do that is we use people's activity from our platform to, to personalize their experience um, and show them more relevant content. And as we look to do that, there are a couple of really important principles um, that are the foundation for our approach. The first is transparency um, and really making sure that people understand how we use their data. Second is choice and consent and making sure that folks have agency over what data they provide and how it shapes their experience. And then finally, we really have a principle around data minimization and anonymization. And the principle here is really minimize the amount of personal information we process while still delivering you a great and relevant experience. Um, and once again, this is data um, and privacy is, is foundational for everything that we do. And we're continuing to learn and continuing to evolve. That's an important point, though, because I think, and Anna talked about this a lot too, like you want a personalized experience. You know, there's going to be some amount of data that goes into that personalization. And so, yeah, it's good, mm -hmm. to, it's good to hear you say that and, and unravel that in those three steps for us. All right, so next question for you then, because I definitely will lose my pundit card if I don't ask you this. I've teased it a couple of times already. The metaverse. Yep. What is it from the mouth of an executive at <laughs> Meta, number one, and then why is it so important and where are we going with this whole thing? And, you know, and be as judicious with that as you can be for our audience. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, I'm glad you asked. We, we obviously um, are really excited about the metaverse and we see it as the next big computing platform. Um, and 
And I think, you know, our change of our company name um, is, is an explicit signal of kind of how important we think this is to the future of kind of consumer behavior. Um, and commerce is, is a big part of that. Um, candidly, we're super early. Like we're super really, early. Okay, you heard it here. Super early. Okay. Really, good. really early in terms of how kind of commerce shows up in the metaverse. And I think for, for our audience today, you know, the where we are is really it's early and now is the time to experiment. Now is the time to kind of build an early stage understanding of how your brand is perceived and how consumers will want to engage with you um, in, in the metaverse. But the way we think about it is, you know, um, people are shifting their behavior. Over time, we're gonna see increased commerce activity in the metaverse with the metaverse as yet another channel where consumers are engaging and shopping from your brand. And um, have we built out um, the, that experience just yet? No, <laughs> um, but there's you know, an exciting vision, like you can imagine, um, you know, being able to virtually connect with a brand or a creator um, for a product demo um, and really feel like you're there and demoing the experience with that creator. Um, you can imagine a world where you know, you're purchasing, you know, clothing from a brand or a shop that sits in a different country and you really kind of experience that and that contributes to your ability to make that purchase. Today, you know, that enabling that fluidity of shopping across channels, our investments there are really going to be early stage investments we're making are, are things like live shopping right. and AR try-on and enabling that fluidity and that dimension. And you can see how that can evolve over time. But where we are today is like those are those investments are our early stage investments of what shopping can continue to look like um, into the future as the metaverse takes shape. Right. That's really interesting to hear you say that because, you know, like, yeah, because even social commerce, you know, is still a smaller portion than relative to like direct e-commerce. Right. So. So, so yeah, so like basically if I take the gist of what you're saying, like we're still, we're very early innings on this. We're probably in the early innings like we were in social commerce, like a la 2010. Yep. But the importance, the important point that I that I want to bring out is, you said it's another channel, which gives Omni Channel, Omni Talk, kind of a whole new meaning because like Metaverse falls under that umbrella, as does e-commerce, as does social commerce, as does a store, right. as does a pickup locker experience or something like that. You know, depending on how you want to shake it out. That's right. Um, so that's really interesting to me. It's good validation for us too. But my question would be then for you, like, if I'm a retailer, a brand. And I buy into, hey, it's early, but I still want to experiment. Mm -hmm. What advice do you have for them within that experimentation process? Like, how are they judging their success? Because you could throw a lot of money at this, you know, very foolheartedly if you're not careful, but you could also do it in a very smart way. So what would you tell them? Totally. Um, well, I think for, for all of us, you know, typically when we're making kind of marketing investments um, or investments in shopping experiences, we're evaluating those based on kind of traditional ROI. Mm -hmm. And given where we are today in the metaverse, like that, that just, that's not how I would recommend brands think about this. Instead, it's invest in the early stages of, you know, how does your brand show up um, in this new channel? Um, what, are, what are the types of experiences where consumers want to engage with you in this really multidimensional and immersive way? And it's less about uh, performance and more about bringing your, your brand to life in new and authentic ways. And how do you do that in partnership with creators? Creators are going to play a really important role in this environment. So frankly, where I would start is I would start with the kind of current state of social commerce. 
invest in. You know, we, we didn't spend a lot of time chatting about kind of creators and the extent to which creators drive kind of influence and discovery. Invest in kind of building that connection with creators on Instagram and on Facebook. And, and then think about how you can bring that to life um, in the metaverse. Invest in kind of the early stages of AR try-on and how you can bring that to life in your ad formats and your organic content across, across Instagram, for example, and then think about how you can bring that into the metaverse. Um, but I think kind of removing the lens that we all would bring to, you know, let's look at our traditional ROI metrics, it's too early for that. Um, and instead kind of build from what you've learned in social commerce or continuing to learn in social commerce and take that into your experimentation. Yeah, and I, I know, and the way I, that's great stuff. Like, I love this because it calls back to the beginning of this conversation too, which what is Discovery Commerce all about, right? It's about the social and the inspirational. So if you're going to use this channel, the big unlock for me and just having this discussion with you right now is that's what you're levering up. This isn't about transactional, moving through, pounding through a lot of units low at the end of the funnel, right? This is about discovery and the social aspects of why we enjoy shopping and being in this new verse, so to speak. That's how I take back what you say, but Anne, what are you thinking? Yeah, you said yeah I mean, I, right. no, I, I think that, you know, I go back to the tactical days of creative teams too, like back in early mobile days where it was like, okay, here's how we're going to execute holiday. And this is what it's going to look like in the store. And this is what the in-store signage is going to look like. And this is what the online experience and the mobile experience is going to be. But then like you're saying, Emma, just taking that a step further as you're thinking about the experimentation of, okay, now what does the holiday experience look like? And who are the creators we're partnering with for the metaverse example or, or execution of this campaign? And, and it seems like, like just a natural, a next natural channel, like you said, Chris. Yeah, I like that a lot. And I think that I also think about it similarly in terms of the early days of mobile. You know, we started with kind of the trends in terms of, you know, the shift to mobile. And at that point, kind of, you know, retailers were beginning to build their mobile apps. Um, and I think there's a whole spectrum of approaches that retailers took. And I think those who who looked at the, the mobile app as, as another channel, an extension of their business, um, saw a lot of traction. And I think, yeah, I, I like how you think about it a lot, Anne, which is, how is, how is this new channel a new dimension an extension of the message you're trying to send around holiday or some yeah. other moment? I like that a lot. Well, and Emma, how do you at Meta evaluate your own kind of experimentation too? I mean, Chris and I got to come at Shop Talk and look right. and try on the Oculus and do the whole shopping experience where you're bringing in other sense, sensory experiences to help me kind of gain confidence in a, a purchase of a candle. How do you measure your own like experimentation? What, what kind of guides that direction? Yeah, it's a good question. And I kind of anchor it back into you know, the, that social commerce and the experiences, for example, that we're building with shops. Some of that is, you know, much more proven kind of early, more mature. Um, some of it is early stage. You know, if you look at kind of live shopping, how have we evaluated kind of our own innovation there? And frankly, yeah. you know, it, it evolves. Um, so in early stages, really thinking a lot about simplicity um, for businesses. And we get a lot of, we spend a lot of time with our customers and kind of getting feedback um, on how simple is this for you to use? Like there's there's two dimensions, there's simplicity and there's value. And right. as we're in kind of the early stages of building out value, making sure that we're really leaning into kind of simplicity and meeting, meeting our customers where they are and also looking at the consumer metrics. So much of what we're doing in shopping is anchored in 
what do we see consumers already organically gravitate to on our platform and do on our platform? Um, and looking at whether or not we're amplifying that. So like early signals are simplicity for businesses and amplifying what consumers are already telling us they're hoping to do and the type of content they're trying to connect with or the types of businesses they're trying to, trying to connect with. Then over time, like, you know, we, we do kind of look at that. Something that's incredibly important for us is ultimately we're trying to deliver a better experience for people and kind of all the standard metrics that we would look at in, in e-commerce and in advertising we're looking at in terms of consumer engagement and, and conversion and retention. And then with businesses, we're, we're ultimately looking to help businesses grow their business. Um, right. Impact on sales um, and the ROI that we're delivering. That is the end state. Um, and we have to have kind of proxy metrics um, in the journey as we get there. God, I'm loving this. I could talk to you for hours, but since you brought it up, I gotta, I gotta ask you because I'm dead <laughs> curious now. Like, what, what are some of those early things you're seeing in regards to what consumers are gravitating towards in the metaverse, so that the brands and retailers listening or watching this can think about that? First thing is, once again, you look at creators. We're seeing consumers really engage with the content from the creators that they follow and the influencers that they mm -hmm. trust. Okay, that's We're also good. like. But, and I think, I think we could probably take some of these as proxies for what we will eventually see in the right. Well, we're also right. seeing like consumers engage in that short form kind of shoppable content. Reels is, is right. the fastest growing format on our platform. Um, I think that we can also take some proxies for that in terms of how we expect consumers to engage in the metaverse over time. Um, and then I think underneath these things is we're seeing consumers engage with businesses and brands and creators who show up authentically um, with once again, some form of kind of exclusivity or call to action. A lot of the magic of our platforms is the ability to discover a product or a brand that you might not have known about before. And how do you do that in the metaverse over time? I think it's number one, tap into the power of creators for discovery. Number two, really bring that product experience to life for people who are not familiar with your brand and leverage those kind of immersive experiences that we have yet to build um, and bring to life and that we'll all do together um, and give folks the chance to kind of engage deeply um, with your category. So I'm more anchored on kind of what do we see today and right. do we think that will shape, you know, experiences in the metaverse in the future? No, that's great. That's great. You've got my, ah, this has been such a good conversation. I'm like, <laughs> You've got my, for everyone watching, you've got my mind going on this whole thing. Like at the end of the day, you know, commerce experience, store experience, whatever you want to call them, retail experiences exist for the five key reasons that we always talk about on this show. They're places of inspiration, means of convenience, media gratification, they're the idea of taxing, the ability to accomplish what you're buying and the social experience of shopping. And so right. what I think we've unpacked here is the beginning of a new channel that hits at those dimensions in a really unique way. And you're giving some of the early stage indications of of where people are going to find success based on what you're seeing across the mediums that you have the visibility to, which I think is just absolutely fascinating. So on that note, I think let's close it up. We've had Emma on the spot for a long time, you know, uh, Emma Rogers, but Emma, if people want to get in touch with you, learn more about Meta's approach to this whole conversation, um, apply it to their businesses, what's the best way for them to do that? You can reach out to us at meta.com slash discovery commerce. On behalf of Meta's Emma Rogers and Anne, thanks for sitting down with us today, Emma. I couldn't be more thrilled with this conversation we just had. Thanks to all of you for joining us live on LinkedIn for your engagement as well. 
on behalf of, of the three of us, I say it all the time. It's never more important than it is right now. Be careful out there.